Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends. Guys, welcome back to r slash pro revenge, where people get exactly what they deserve. Get ready today because this episode is a super satisfying one. I hope you enjoy the stories in this one and see, remember to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. During the time when I was questioning my sexuality, I was dating a girl who I thought was a lovely girl. I'll call her Jane. Now, I genuinely loved her and pictured us having a future together, as we'd been dating for three years, and things had started to get pretty serious, even though we were only 18 when he split us up. Anyway, the only other important people in the story is my ex-best friend James, and my absolutely incredible boyfriend Alec. Not their real names, by the way. So, James and I had been friends since we were about 10 or 11, and we got really close, to the point that we felt more like brothers than best friends. He was really supportive of my relationship with Jane, and he would constantly talk about how glad he was that she made me happy. But he also had a habit of constantly mentioning how beautiful she was, how sexy she was, and how I was such a lucky guy. Now, looking back, I should have caught the red flags. Now, I do understand the last one, but he was a bit excessive when he talked about how attractive Jane was, but I was young and naive at the time, and I didn't really think anything of it. That was until I caught him. I noticed that they were both becoming really possessive over their phones. They'd randomly disappear, claiming to feel ill or have some sort of project to be working on, and I know it sounds stupid, but I kept noticing that the condoms that I was buying was going missing. So, the day I was supposed to go to Jane's house, she bailed on me, claiming to have a migraine. Now I was partly worried for her health, so I brought her some painkillers, some food, and some bottled water, just in case she genuinely did feel ill. But I also had a feeling in the pit of my stomach that she was lying to me. Now, I don't know how to explain it, I just knew. And sure enough, when I let myself in with the spare key she'd given me, I found her in bed with my best friend James, and I was heartbroken. The two people I cared about most in the world, and who I thought cared about me, went behind my back like this. I was furious. We all had a major argument and Jane begged me to listen to her while James yelled at me and I eventually just stormed out. I wanted to go and tell everybody what they'd done and shame them for it. But that's where the problem arose. So remember the start where I mentioned that I was questioning my sexuality? James knew about it. Now of course he knew I'd never let Jane sleep with a bunch of guys, but he was fully aware that I'd figure out that I was attracted to guys and girls and he used this against me. He knew full well how terrified I was that if my parents found out I was gay, they would disown me. And he made sure to remind me that if I didn't keep my mouth shut about him sleeping with Jane, that my parents would find out. At the time, this was absolutely terrifying, so I kept my mouth shut. I was stuck having to work with James at his father's garage, as I couldn't come up with a way to explain how mad I was at him, without letting everybody know what he did and risking getting outed to my parents. Besides, I needed the money, and there weren't a whole lot of other jobs I could apply for. Also, I should really mention that James was going out of his way to harass me at work. He started calling me a bunch of slurs whenever he got the chance. He started to push me around and just generally reminding me that he had so much power over me and he could tell my parents at any point. Now, I got really low at this point and the only time I actually felt sort of content and happy with my life is going to gay bars to hang out. There was this one club in particular that I loved to go to. It was a drag club and that's where I met my boyfriend Alex. Now, to save any confusion, I'm just going to use he slash him pronouns for him, though they do switch when he's in drag. So Alex and I flirt for a few weeks before gradually becoming friends with benefits. The revenge happened before we started dating, and we were just friends who'd hook up every now and then. After a few months, I finally worked up the courage to open up to Alex about what happened with Jane and James, and that's when an evil look fell over his face. 
You see, Alex is the sweetest guy you could ever meet, but if you do him wrong, he can and he will turn into an evil genius. Now, around this time, James had been bragging to me that all the ladies loved him and that he could get any girl he wanted. Now, James had always been kinda like this, but he upped the bragging in an attempt to annoy me. He also told me how any girl that I would date would leave me in an instant to sleep with him. So Alex suggested that we put that to the test. So cue the revenge. Now, we did start off small. I've known James's email address and password for a really long time, so I decided to be very generous and I signed him up to a premium subscription to several adult websites involving men. I also decided to be courteous and agreed to receive emails about notifications, new offers, and other things he may be interested in, just to be nice and make sure he had some variety. I also want to note that this was an email address that him and his dad shared. Now it did cost me a bit of money, but I made sure he got the best offers, and Alex was more than happy to chip in to help me. And let me tell ya, it was worth it. We were in the garage working, when his dad storms in and asks to speak to him. Now, his dad really didn't give a damn what sexuality his kid was, but he was mortified that his son would subscribe to this many adult websites with their shared email address. He genuinely thought for months that James was an addict to this stuff, and we may have signed him up for more than we thought. I logged into the email after the first two weeks of him being signed up for the subscriptions, and he had well over 100 emails about his accounts. This is when James started to get more aggressive. James would barge into me, he would screw up my work to get me in trouble, and he would send me disgusting messages as well as threatening and insulting me in person. I took note of everything, I kept a notepad to log the dates and times of the incidents, and kept a detailed description of everything he did, every insult and every threat. I'd screenshot all the messages from him and recorded every insult and threat that he'd hurl at me on my phone. Alex helped me to organize all of this onto files and then we saved it all onto a hard drive. This would be important for later. And this is when we decided to move on to the next phase of our plan. The girlfriend. And no, not Jane. Also, I should mention that he and Jane split up only a couple of weeks after I found out about the affair. They were never gonna last. You see, Alex passes extremely well when he's in drag. Being feminine already makes it a bit easier. His voice isn't all that deep and he can sometimes be mistaken for a girl with a slightly deeper voice. He usually exaggerates his makeup and clothing, but for this phase of the plan, we decide to get him to tone down the makeup slightly to make it appear more natural. A mutual friend of ours took him aside and gave Alex some of her clothes to wear. We then created a fake Facebook account for Alex and we pretended that she was my new girlfriend. Alex and I posted some cute couple photos on this account, and also on my own personal Facebook account. Posting all your usual lovey-dovey stuff that you see couples post on social media. And then we put the plan into action. Alex would then come pick me up from work a couple of days a week, dressed as an extremely beautiful girl, if I do say so myself. We'd chat, we'd hold hands, we'd hug and kiss, and generally just act like a couple. James obviously noticed. James took the bait, and he began chatting to Alex when he was waiting for me to finish up, and eventually wound up sending him a friend request on the bait account, which Alex was all too happy to accept. It took a few weeks, but after a while of talking about work, school, TV shows, and music, James finally started to edge his and Alex's conversations into more sexual territory. This was exactly what we were looking for. Alex answered accordingly, with me by his side every step of the way. James had tried to send Alex nudes, hoping he would get some in return, but we deleted those straight away. We thought that that would be going a little bit too far, even for this D-bag. So this continued on for weeks, until we had everything in place. Alex made sure to screenshot the messages, and we went ahead and changed the name of the Facebook account to Alex's name, and then we deleted the couple pictures on it. I then sent the screenshots of the conversations with Alex to James's friends. 
Now, they were pretty accepting, but they also took great pleasure in mocking James for it. The look on James's face when his friends mentioned his boy toy was absolutely priceless, and this pissed him off to no end. James also had the sort of expected reaction, and he started texting Alex a bunch of hateful messages and threats, only helping our case, as we'd screenshot the messages and add it to the folders on the hard drive. Once I had what we thought was enough evidence, I decided to take it all to James's dad and explained everything that was going on. Everything from the cheating with Jane, to the blackmail and threats, and dad just sat there and listened, allowing me to show him the proof I'd gathered. His face was just kind of blank, with a hint of anger in his eyes. He thanked me for the information, and then he went off to speak with his son, and James got fired on the spot. I agreed not to go to the police for this harassment, as it could end up with some pretty bad press for his dad's company, as his dad was a pretty cool guy. I knew James was all talk, so there was no real threat of danger. James's parents then flipped out on him. They refused to give him back his job and made him go out to actually put in effort to get a real job. He had gotten so used to slacking off, as his dad owned the place, and quote, he technically could not be fired, in his words. They also sold the car they'd been letting him use, and told him to pay for a new one with his own money. It took him about two years to save up enough money to buy his own car. It all eventually came out, about James and Jane's affair. As for the threats of outing me, Alex kindly reminded James that he had absolutely no proof of me doing anything, while his friends all knew about the sexual messages that James had sent him. You know, another guy. James's father also assured me that my secret was safe with him. He also assured me that if his son ever went to my parents to tell him before I did, James would have him to answer to. So the threats of blackmail were now non-existent. James got into college on a scholarship and started to hang out with a bunch of other D-bags. I found out through a mutual friend that James was still a homophobic prick at college, and he was terrorizing a couple of students, as well as making disgusting threats against a girl in his class. James had been lying to them, and said that his dad was one of the higher-ups in the college, so they can't say a word to anybody, as they can be kicked out of college for speaking up about this. I decided to lend a helping hand. With the help of a mutual friend, I emailed a bunch of disgusting screenshots and recording of the threats to the higher-ups in the college. They were not happy with what they saw. They eventually revoked his scholarship, after a few of the students with some encouragement spoke up about the harassment and the threats. Now, I honestly have no clue why he turned out like this, as his parents are absolutely lovely, open-minded people. It's crazy. James's parents kicked him out after that, and he stayed with his friends for a few months before he managed to get an apartment. The last I heard, he was working in a fast food restaurant, working to get into another college. I genuinely hope he bettered himself and that he will do well in life, as everybody's capable of change, right? I'd also like to clarify that I didn't care that much about getting back at Jane because, yes, she did have the affair, but I was getting some revenge on James for the blackmail and threats that came after that. Jane had showed me proof that she tried to prevent James from blackmailing me and told him to just let it go. If they had both just stopped talking to me after the affair, then this whole thing wouldn't have happened. I'd have been hurt, but I wouldn't have gone out of my way to get back at him. I eventually did end up coming out to my parents and they were surprisingly supportive, which was amazing. And Alex and I got together a year or two after these events and we're still very much in love. What a fantastic pro-revenge all the way guys. So reading that, I can't believe OP even considered James to be one of his best friends. And clearly, there are some people out there that don't know and don't care to follow the sacred bro code. Also, kudos to James's parents, especially the dad, who saw that his son had turned into a power-hungry control freak and quickly shut that down. My friends, let me know if OP's revenge was a satisfying one. Do you agree with it? Do you disagree with what he did? Let me know in the comments below. So this story is a long one. It takes place a few years back when I was a teen working at a generic fast food restaurant while in school. 
I was 16 at the time, and I'd been working at the store for about a year or so. We had this supervisor, who was just horrible to work for. He would leave us while we were packed with customers, and he'd sit on his phone talking the whole shift, only to come out to bark orders and abuse us for not working hard enough. He would also eat the food we were cooking, and when customers complained, he would belittle us in front of them, blaming our attitudes. Now, everybody hated this guy. Even the other supervisors hated him. He was lazy, and to be completely honest, I think he only had the job because his uncle owned the store. He would come in to start a shift, plant himself in his office, and wouldn't come out unless it was to tell you how bad of a job you were doing, and how he isn't afraid to replace you. He knew all of us were teens, and we needed the money, so he would hold our jobs over our head. The store was in a bad area, so we were either supporting our families or trying to stay out of gangs and whatnot. Well, on this one particular night, we were very short-handed. It was me, my workmate Joe, and the supervisor. Me and Joe assumed that he would back us up and serve customers while I cooked, and Joe made all the burgers and wraps. But no, the guy comes in, plants himself in the office, and told me to cook as well as do burgers and wraps, and Joe will serve. Now at this, I did protest and said it was way too much for me to cover. He completely ignores me and acts as if he didn't hear a word I said. So I do protest a little louder, and no joke. The guy turns to me and says, Well, if you don't like it, you can kiss this job goodbye. Do it now. At this, I bit my tongue, and I returned to my duties pissed off. Joe was pretty pissed off too. He knew that if the supervisor ran things his way, he would receive all the abuse as he was the person out front serving. Like I said, we were in a bad area. Customers often came in drunk and irritable, and there was often fights, and we do get a lot of homeless people loitering and junkies. He knew he was going to get abused by someone tonight who would possibly throw something at him. So fast forward a few hours into our shift. We're now in the middle of dinner rush. There's a ton of orders to be made and not enough meat cooked to make it all. At this point, customers are complaining about waiting times, and I can hear Joe out front getting absolutely destroyed by the growing mob of angry customers, while he's doing his best to keep calm. The supervisor for the first time the entire shift comes out to see what's happening. He sees the mob of angry customers, who are starting to shout in anger, hurling insults and everything. He goes out to confront them, and he calls me to the front. As soon as I'm inside of the mob and supervisor, he starts to berate me, throwing a thousand questions at me at once. He's screaming at me, why hasn't this been done yet? Why isn't that done yet? The guy tried to make the situation a hundred times worse and embarrass me in front of the customers. Then he calls Joe over. He screams at both of us and tells the customers that he's very sorry that we're useless and pulls us out back. He says, if you two don't lift your game, you won't be working here any longer. And just because you fell so far behind, I'm taking tonight's pay from you. Now at this point, I wanted to kill him. We were working so hard when shorthanded, and that guy didn't lift a finger to help us, and I wouldn't let this slide. It lit a fire in me, and I was going to make sure I got paid tonight, no matter what. So I plotted, I planned, and I concocted the most evil plan in my pot of payback potions, and would soon conjure it into existence. I even asked Joe for help with it, and he agreed willingly, once I told him the plan. The plan would make us legends of the store. So after the rush was over, and we were about to close shop, I went on my break. Remember how I said we had a lot of homeless people loitering? Well, I'm thankful we had them. While I was on my break, I convinced a homeless man to come inside and take a massive number two in the urinal in our bathroom, and I would give him some free food in exchange. Now, the guy laughed at me at first and asked if I was serious. It did take a little bit of convincing, as he couldn't believe somebody was asking him to do something he usually does without being asked or offered food for. The guy ends up agreeing, but I told him that I'd have to sneak him in with the help of Joe, as we didn't allow homeless people inside. So I bring the homeless guy to the side doors, and signal Joe to distract the supervisor long enough for him to turn his head from the computer screen and the cameras. We slip inside and make it to the bathroom. 
When we get there, I tell him to go in, do the deed while I go make his food. The homeless guy giggles. He agrees and he heads inside. I go back to the kitchen where Joe is and I tell him the job is underway and I'll need a distraction to get him out once he's done. Joe tells me that he'll go tell the supervisor he's leaving as it'll give me a moment to get him out the back quick. So I make the guy's food and head back to the bathroom entrance but he's still not out yet. I was waiting a good 10 minutes and the guy's been in there for over 20 minutes. When the homeless guy exits, I catch a whiff of the most foul odor seeping from the bathroom. He tells me he may or may not have missed, but the job's done more or less. I give his food to him and signal Joe to distract again. Once he does, I sneak the old guy out of the store and thank him for all of his help, which he replies, I've been asked to do some weird things, but you kid, you are messed up. I wasn't about to let my supervisor steal my pay from me. I was going to make him pay for it. I head back to the bathroom to check, and I tell you, I couldn't have asked the guy to do a better job. I was aiming for a stool in a puddle, but this, this was something else. It had overflown out of the urinal, down the wall and on the floor, and it was everywhere. Joe swings by on his way out, and he couldn't believe what I was seeing. I shook his hand and said to him, Hey man, it was a pleasure to work with you, and good luck. He then leaves, and I go confront the supervisor. Once I reach the office, I let everything go on him. I swore at him, I told him I quit, that Joe's gone home, I'm leaving, nothing's been cleaned, and someone took a dump in the urinal again. The supervisor begged me not to leave while I laugh at him maniacally. I told him to piss off and said, you want to take my pay? Take my job too. Have fun scraping poop off the wall. I then threw my shirt at him, walked out, and I never came back. I heard from Joe that supervisor was there all night, cleaning everything, and he was forced to clean the bathroom too. Everyone except the supervisor knows what I did, and they cheered me for doing it. I went down in store history for the next year, because after that, it closed, and it was replaced by another generic fast food store. Okay, so what OP supervisor was doing was absolutely super illegal. You can't not pay someone for a shift they worked. He's just a power-hungry idiot who didn't deserve to be in that position, and he deserved an even bigger revenge on him. I think cleaning that urinal was not enough. OP should have skipped the homeless man thing, and went straight to the labor board and gotten the man fired. And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash pro revenge. Guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and if you did, do hit that subscribe button. If you missed yesterday's episode on the channel, a crazy Karen wants OP kicked off a plane because he's eating meat beside her. She's a vegetarian. Check it out if you haven't, and myself and Steve-O will see you guys in the next one. We love you.